It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There are a ton of questions about Auburn recruiting right now. We answer all of them on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a Cruton Thursday. We are joined by John Garcia of Sports Illustrated, also Locked On Recruiting expert and insider. John, you were out there in L.A. for the Elite 11, where Auburn target Brock Glenn is out there competing and also uh, not committed anywhere (laughs) like we thought he would be. He said that he wanted to represent a school while he was out there in L.A. Now it seems like he's, "Ah, well, we'll take my time here. I'm sure you've spoken to him. And uh, I mean, what, what are you hearing out there? Yeah, spoke to Glenn uh, after the first workout, and yeah, he's he's reversing his course just a little bit. He still mm. wants to get something done here relatively soon, but he is allowing a little bit more time to potentially vet all of his options. And the newest one in, in the bag there is LSU. Uh, he can't take a visit there uh, and, until the dead period ends, so he said he's going to be doing a whole lot of Zooms with the Tigers coaching staff, and that tells you that he's not quite settled on making a decision, which probably isn't the best news for, for your audience. No. Uh, Auburn has, has been considered the favorite really throughout yeah. the spring, even with Ohio State rising as a prominent challenger and Florida State kind of being a sneaky dark horse in this thing. Well, now uh, TCU still in it, he confirmed, and LSU is, is still in it. So that's the five that Brock Glenn is looking at. Uh, of course, still most familiar with Auburn. His name is still Auburn, Brock Glenn, for goodness sakes. Yeah. But yeah, this battle be, becomes a little bit more interesting because he's really wanting to vet LSU, which has missed on some big-time quarterback targets of their own, including uh, the two, the three best in state, Arch Manning, Eli Holstein, and Ricky Collins, all committed to programs outside of Louisiana. So now they go into Tennessee, and target uh, Brock Glenn. And, and it makes you wonder as well if this thing lingers with Brock, and he suggested it could just a little bit, does anyone else get involved, right? Because Georgia missed on Arch Manning, right? Alabama missed on Arch Manning. Dylan Lonergan comes off the board next week. What, when is when is these, when these are these other programs going to move on to other targets? And if Glenn remains uncommitted as an Elite 11-type quarterback, he's going to inevitably get more phone calls and make it a little bit more complicated. So – uh, you could see why on one end he wants to commit as soon as possible, but yeah. also why from a business perspective, waiting could be a little bit more advantageous for his overall recruiting profile. So a fascinating recruitment to follow. Uh, again, I think Auburn sticks in there all the way until the end. Uh, and I still think uh, the sooner the better for the Tigers. If, if he all of a sudden wakes up after this event and he's like, you know what, I need to do it. I think that's good news for Auburn. But yeah, when you're looking at Ohio State, LSU, um, and Florida State is, is kind of sneaky in there, uh, it does start to raise some eyebrows the longer this recruitment goes on. And, and he could take it deeper than all the other top available quarterbacks, uh, you know, at least out here at the Elite 11. And, and that's not something I would have predicted even seven or eight days ago. So, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The longer this goes, I think the worse it is for Auburn. Because, 
Auburn's the known factor here, right? Everything now where he's needing more time is because new newness is coming in and he needs to learn more about Ohio State and LSU and, and all that. So I, I get him taking his time to, to figure out everything. But the thing that I think stinks the most for Auburn is, you and I have talked about this. If, if Brian Harson is to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias on the recruiting front, He's got to do the evaluation process early and get in on some of these kids before their stock rises. And they did that with Glenn. They did it. And his stock has risen drastically over the last two months and ascended to an Elite 11 finalist and now getting offers from prominent programs all over the country. And it's like if Auburn can't, if Auburn can't seal the deal here, is there a concern about this strategy for Brian Harson moving forward? I think so, Zach. I, I mm. think you, you hit it on the head. You've got to identify the talent a little bit earlier, jump in and prioritize that talent, which they've done. But yeah. then you got to close. And that's really what it comes down to in recruiting or, or business in general. You've got to close at the end of all of it or the, the tasks you completed on the front end just don't matter as much. And and I think when you're talking about a, a former quarterback and a guy who is brought in to be an offensive guy and, and revitalize that side of football, it, it puts even more onus on winning that position. Last year, smooth sailing with Holden Garner. There was really never a worry uh, by this stage at the Elite 11 where Holden was, was really good. It was all done, and there was never really another school under consideration. Here with Brock Glenn, after you miss on Chris Vizina, the, the top in-state target, it looked like it could be – kind of the same uh but then it, it's all changed in the last couple of weeks uh with ohio state and lsu jumping in and prioritizing glenn uh, among others i've heard florida could get involved here as well they've missed on some quarterbacks so this battle uh, could very well be far from over from all we know and i think that's certainly an, a cause for concern uh, not only in in the long term in terms of developing the position that you were brought in to develop but also short term who else is out there this is a loaded quarterback class but like 40 of these guys have already taken power five spots. Right. There's not a whole lot of room left uh, to expand the board. Or, or do you try to flip another recruit who's already made the decision? That's a slippery slope, right? Because now all of a sudden you're putting your, your chips in on a recruit who thought he was already off the board. And, and we don't see a ton of quarterback flips in a given cycle. There's only been four this entire class of 2023. So it's hard to accomplish something uh, at that level, especially as the calendar moves closer to the month of July, which is, of course, uh, where we're at. So it is a cause for concern if this doesn't work out with Brock Glenn. I think it's that black and white. Yeah. If you get Glenn, we'll see. If you don't, we got to start, you know, thinking about how we view this whole thing. And, and that that leads to other issues on the trail and a lack of the benefit of the doubt, which is really the big problem with Auburn at the beginning of this offseason where all those questions were around the program that halted recruiting basically altogether. So you don't want this to de- to be a mini version of that uh, by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, and you saw that impact the portal, and, and obviously you've seen it impact recruiting as well. I mean, Auburn and, and Brian Harson they are fighting the perception battle more than any other school in the SEC, maybe any other school in college football, just with, with everything that happened earlier this year and to lose a guy like Glenn to me like that's that's it's a big deal a hundred percent especially with the family ties I mean I, I could see if he was just a target that Auburn liked and latched onto early but 
you know, when the kid's name's Auburn, his grandfather's a right. graduate of the vet school, a couple cousins went there. I mean, it just starts to add up a little bit um, and it makes you wonder, but Tiger's still in the fight as far as we know right now and could still be at the forefront of the fight. I don't want to make it seem like they're sure. trailing by any stretch, but yeah, the longer it goes on, the longer they could potentially be trailing uh, there in the end. All right, Auburn expected to get two, maybe three recruits over the next four or five days. We will get John's thoughts about those guys and who they are in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Look, why would you choose to spend more money when buying parts for your car, truck, or SUV? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, also, you can do it in less time. So you can save time and money when checking out our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for two decades, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. You can check out their easy-to-use website today. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. John Garcia. Okay, so tomorrow, Friday, Jeremiah Cobb is announcing where he will go and spend his college career at. Auburn is in his top three. I believe the other two are Tennessee and Clemson. Um, Auburn's feeling really good about this. All of the, you know, the Auburn recruiting beat, uh, feeling really confident about Jeremiah Cobb picking the Auburn Tigers. Where are you with this? I'm with them, Zach, and that's a huge win. I know optically you're like, okay, Montgomery kid, Cadillac Williams, sure. it all lines up. But look, again, I told you this, you know, probably the first time I came on with you, the first school that Jeremiah talked to me about was Clemson. Uh, when we talked to him earlier in the spring, he coveted that offer. He got it. He got the offer. He set the official. He took the official. And you're like, okay, Tigers versus Tigers, here we go. Uh, and I do think Clemson would take him all things even. So you still want to make sure. You still want to win the recruitment. We've, we've said sooner the better for Auburn, and that looks like it, it will still be the case uh, when the month uh, turns into July. I do believe the, the Auburn Tigers win over the Clemson Tigers. Tennessee made a nice run, but they'll finish uh, maybe at just a third at this point. Uh, and that is the type of win, if it happens, that Auburn really needed. Again, optically, it doesn't seem like a ton, but when you're going head to head against Clemson for for a kid who was gunning for that offer and got it, it, it says a lot at any position, um, especially running back, even with the stability we've seen with, with Auburn at the position. So uh, I do think it's a need. Uh, we all know Tank Bigsby is, is going to do what he got to do and, and get out of here right. uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, so there's still question marks, uh, you know, beyond him uh, at the future of the, of the running back room. So when, when you need to win in state and you do so, it's still a very big deal. Because as we'll talk about today and going forward, the state is loaded. And there's yeah. a lot of programs that are feeling better and better about some of these Yellowhammer state natives. Uh, so winning those battles is, is still uh, pretty critical. And, and look, some of these kids have gone elsewhere lately, right? Dakari Nelson to Penn State comes to mind immediately to Marion Parker. 
to Penn State as well, which yep. is really doing damage in Alabama, that stuff starts to add up over time. So uh, I think that would be a nice and certainly timely win for Brian Harson and company. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. J- Jeremiah Cobb, I think, is going to be my favorite member of this class, regardless of where he's not. He's just so fun to watch. So explosive, can do so many different things. Um, so obviously whoever lands him uh, later this week will get an absolute stud of a running back. Uh, a guy that could be Auburn's highest rated player in the state of Alabama in this 2023 class, Carmelo English, the wide receiver from uh, Central Phoenix City. He is planning to commit this Saturday. And even though he pushed his commitment back, there was some concern around the Auburn fan base what exactly that meant. But all reports I'm seeing, John, is Auburn still the favorite here. Yeah, and, that's, and that says a lot too, right? I mean, the, you, you bring up Central Phoenix City and people are like, okay, Pat Nix, Bo Nix, what does that mean? You don't know how, how that feel is. Uh, well, well, this should reverse a little bit of that because uh, it does look like the Tigers are going to be able to keep him even closer to home than, than Jeremiah Cobb uh, from down in Montgomery. So that's that's going way back to when Harson was hired. These are the battles we talked about, right? Yeah. Winning locally, you you can win at Auburn High and Opelika and Central Phoenix City and Montgomery Catholic and Montgomery Carver and all these schools. you got to win in those regions first. Before you dig into Birmingham and Mobile and Huntsville, mm-hmm. you got to win hyper-local first. Uh, so I do think this will be an, an extra boost, uh, a feather-in-the-cap type of recruiting win. And, and there's been a lot of fluctuation with Carmelo. And I think th- that has come from different schools being in and out and then from his own visits – changing some perception we we heard a lot of sneaky buzz for kentucky after he took that uh, official visit georgia and alabama were kind of in and out on their own right so the consistency of auburn i do think helped uh to potentially win out uh, over some some in interconference rivals which is again uh, critically important and carmelo's a really good player i think he's a high floor wide receiver not the fastest recruit not the biggest recruit but just kind of like a B-plus across the board. He's going to run good routes. He's competitive. He can uh, make plays after the catch, and he can show some toughness and physicality when you need to there uh, as well. So so that, I think, is big. And, and honestly, a school not named Clemson winning a wide receiver recruiting battle at Central Phoenix City, that's a big deal because Justin Ross. Justin e. Ross flashbacks, guys, right. They, yeah, they, they rolled to Clemson and, and, and started a little bit of a pipeline. So I think changing that trend being, you know, and Harson being the one to do it, uh, as well as the assistant coaches, of course, I think that is another good perceptional win, more so than maybe somebody sitting in another part of the country will realize when they, you know, when they Google who this new Auburn uh, commitment might be. All right, and then the last guy that has a scheduled um, announcement time, John, Keldrick Falk, the defensive end slash edge player, also in-state guy. Seems like it's been an Auburn lock. And um, you're hearing reports that Florida State and Clemson have both made some some pretty serious pushes. Where are you with Keldrick Falk? Yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, two weeks ago, I would have said, this is an Auburn lock. I think yeah. Florida State was the top threat at that time. I was told that's the school to watch if they started to push. And then here came Clemson out of nowhere. Like mm. It's like an Olympian on the track where you're like you're watching two two runners and then the third just kind of comes out of nowhere and, well, like, oh. and it's apparently coach Eason too that that's making the push and it's like man come on right yeah just a little more salt in the wound and look you know Clemson and Dabo they're, they're always going to 
play in the state of Alabama, even when they lost Todd Bates, which we, we thought, okay, this was going to be a huge loss, and it still is, yeah. relative to their prowess in the state, they replaced with, with more Alabama firepower and ties uh, there. So I, I, I do think Eason is hitting the ground running and has gained some traction here. So, yeah, if Clemson is willing to take Falk, which I, I didn't really know coming into this week, if they're willing to take him and push simultaneously – that could be quite the wrinkle in this recruitment. Uh, Clemson's one of the hottest recruiting programs in the country, right. particularly on defense. They've been uh, firing on all cylinders, and we know that's going to factor into the state of Alabama at some point. So if Falk is that first guy, that really hurts Auburn right down the road. Long-time recruit, uh, even in the Gus Malzahn staff was recruiting Falk, so that really hurts long-term over Clemson, which is just kind of pushed here at the 11th hour. Yeah, I, I believe he's making its announcement Tuesday. So uh, keep that one, um, keep on the lookout for that. But hopefully Auburn can seal that. All right, a lot of Auburn's offensive tackle targets have committed elsewhere. Who's Auburn going after moving forward? We'll tell you in just a moment. But first, today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Hopefully you were taking action in Major League Baseball. Makes watching the games significantly more fun. Tons of over-unders. Um, there's live betting as well. Everything you could possibly want is at Bet Online, including futures. That's what I'm spending the most of my time looking at when I'm looking at lines is win totals and then measuring those up and putting them next to schedules. And it's like, what in the world? Why is this team projected, you know, eight wins? I, don't, I just don't see it. So head over to Bet Online. It's where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. John, so, I mean, we, we've talked a ton about different offensive tackle targets, and since we last spoke, I think uh, Connor Stroh went to Texas, as, like, everyone else did after Arch Manning announced that he was going there. Um, yeah. Ian Geffrard went to Arkansas as, like, a defensive tackle. I didn't even realize that was a thing. So who 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 are the offensive tackle targets to watch if you're Auburn right now? Yeah, and will conform me to, to Alabama in state uh, yeah. as well. Um, Stan Ramil in state still certainly Thompson. one to keep an eye on. Clay Wedden committed to uh, Michigan State. You know, we we expected Sparty to be in the mix there for the Tampa native, but Auburn was really the school that we were hearing more consistent buzz about. So that was a bit of an upset by mm -hmm. Mel Tucker and company. So yeah, naturally. You start to see more offers going out for the Tigers. We talked about Lance Hurd last week uh, out of Louisiana. Yeah. But his profile has risen so high, kind of like Brock Glenn, where other schools are now prioritizing him just as Auburn was beginning to do so. So you wonder if, if, if that timing doesn't quite work out as much as it looked like it could a couple of weeks ago. LSU working hard to try to keep him uh, within state lines. Uh, so you, you go further down the board, and, and you, I, you might look for flips in, in this regard. You know, I do still think that there's an opportunity on the offensive line with Rakeez McKeldery, the Georgia verbal commitment from, from Aniston, who has been visiting Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama very consistently pretty much since he committed to Georgia. So that's one to keep an eye on, more of an interior guy, a mauler. 
Um, Auburn hosted Bo Hughley for an official visit earlier this spring. The Georgia, another Georgia commitment, extremely tall defensive lineman who's converted to offense. Um, so you wonder how strong that commitment is. He's also taken multiple visits elsewhere. It looks like Auburn has pushed for him most consistently. So yeah. there are still some options out there, but yeah, some of these kids are getting closer to making that final decision. So I think flipping one of these Georgia commitments is going to have to be more of a priority for the Tigers or maybe waiting on some senior risers to emerge, whether it's uh, through guys you evaluated during the month of June at, at the Auburn one-day camps or O-line, D-line camps or guys elsewhere outside of the region who as a senior in 2022 really upped their profile. And that's something that Auburn's been able to identify and pluck out over the last few years. So I do think that at that position, you can kind of wait on on some senior risers, but obviously uh, the onus is on AU right now at that position. That's, you know, outside of quarterback, that's the first one I'm looking for to see Auburn kind of turn the corner with this class of 2023 up front on the offensive line. So certainly new names will emerge, you know, between now and, and the next time it comes up. John, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of the folks that are in the Locked On Auburn Discord and a lot of Auburn Twitter, and I, probably just the fan base in general, and I'm sure a lot of fan bases are like this, they're kind of looking at, like, what's the worst-case scenario here? And so, like, if, if Auburn loses out on Brock Glenn and a few of these offensive tackle targets that you, that you just mentioned don't work out, I mean, what happens to this program if they go another year without getting a top-notch SEC startable offensive tackle and I'm really not as concerned about the quarterback thing just because I, I, I think Holden Gurner is, uh, is going to be so good. But optically, I think it matters. But, I mean, what, what, happens, what happens if Auburn goes another year without getting an SEC caliber offensive tackle out of high school? Well, it's just, it's just inexcusable. I mean, you can't keep doing that. That was an issue with the previous staff. Yeah. It's kind of carried over now. That's just not something that can happen just from a sustainability standpoint and a oh. roster management standpoint. Sure. The portal's there, junior college is there, late risers are there, but then you still got to go get them, and then they have to assimilate, right? Uh, so it, it's not something that is uh, fixable or quick fix elsewhere. So, yeah, you, you got to start winning some of these battles. I think, uh, like you said, quarterback's always going to be talked about, but there might be more pressure up front, you know, compared to any other position. So do you convert players? We've seen Auburn do that in the past when they've had a surplus of defensive linemen. Do other guys maybe stick around longer than you originally planned? It becomes an entire roster management issue just as much as it is a recruiting issue. But, you know, still, you know, five plus months to national signing day, there's there's still time to correct it. Yeah. But it's got to be the priority for the program moving forward. Because like you said, a lot of these old tackles, they're going to start coming off the board. Uh, offensive tackles aren't dramatic. They're not signing day guys for the most part. They're going to commit in the summer and early in the fall maybe if they need to vet a couple schools for, for game day visits. And that's kind of it. There's only a handful that will take it all the way uh, until December. So those answers need to come a little bit sooner rather than later uh, for the Tigers one way or the other. John Garcia, thank you so much for your time. As always, man, how can people uh, read you and everything else uh, that you have going on? Yeah. yeah, check us out on Twitter, John Garcia underscore JR or si.com slash college. Thank you so much. That is John Garcia with Sports Illustrated for another Cruton Thursday. Tomorrow will be a Ferg Friday. Hope you join us there. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. And, of course, follow the show 
on all social media platforms. Just search Locked On Auburn. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.